the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. TBN Pinellas Park, WTWD Plant City, WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app. Versions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Don't put a fee for your ministry. Do it freely without any kind of distraction. Be free in not charging people. Be free and make sure ministry is free. But then in revealing how he'll provide for them, he tells them that God's people have a responsibility. Those who benefit from your ministry that is free to be generous in supporting you as workers who don't charge them. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is guiding us in a study from Matthew chapter 10. In verses 5 through 15, Matthew described the special instructions Jesus gave to his disciples before he sent them off on their first short-term missions trip. So far, we have learned four enduring principles that apply not only to the disciples on that evangelistic venture, but they also apply to us today as we serve Jesus. Whether we are in full-time ministry or we have so-called secular jobs, the concepts we absorb from this passage will make us more effective witnesses for Jesus. We have learned that we must be focused. Don't try to spread yourself too thin. We must proclaim Christ as King and Savior. Without that, it is all in vain. We learned that effective ministry depends on the credibility of the minister. You cannot minister to people who do not trust you. And we don't charge people for our ministry. Seeking profit turns a blessing into a business. Now let's get ready for class and prepare to find out about a fifth principle of ministry. Here is Pastor Steve. Now since money has a potential to destroy an individual's ministry and his effectiveness for Christ, Jesus goes on to tell the apostles something else about ministry and finances that you may find very surprising. And this is where we left off last week. I gave you a little teaser, and you're back. And uh, this is the fifth biblical principle about ministry, and it's this. Those who minister for Christ are to rely on Him to provide for their needs. Now, let me repeat that. Those who minister for Christ are to rely on Him, are to look to Him, are to trust Him to provide for their needs. We see this in verses 9 and then the beginning of verse 10. Jesus said, Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or sandals or a staff. He means a walking staff. Now, in addition to not charging money for their services, notice this. Jesus said, When you get ready for this trip, I want you to understand that you're not to take any money along with you. Don't don't take your wallet, don't take your credit cards, leave it all home. Now that may sound a bit unusual, but that is precisely what Jesus meant when he said, do not acquire gold or silver 
or copper for your money belts. In other words, he's telling them that in preparation for this missionary trip, they are not, they are not to pack any money, whether it be in the form of larger denominations like gold or silver coins or even small change like copper coins. But notice, he goes beyond that. Not only were they forbidden to pack any money, Jesus didn't even allow them to carry extra supplies with them on this trip. This is what he's referring to when he goes on in verse 10 to say, or a bag for your journey. That was a common traveling bag, sort of a a knapsack that was used to carry supplies like food or extra clothing. It would be much like our backpacks function today. You just put a backpack on, you've got extra supplies in there. And according to the rest of verse 10, the apostles were not even permitted to take with them two coats, meaning an extra coat to keep them warm if if the weather turned cold at night. They would function like blankets. Jesus said, I'm telling you, don't even take an extra coat. Just take the coat on on your back. Or sandals or a staff, meaning an extra pair of sandals or an extra walking staff. In fact, the Lord was so adamant about leaving their money and extra supplies home that in the parallel passage in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 6, we read that Christ instructed his apostles to... Take nothing. It says this, that they should take nothing for their journey. I mean, that sums it up. Take nothing. He means now nothing of any physical value, no material supplies. Now, the question is, why would Jesus put these restrictions on his apostles? Well, why, why would he do that? No one today would think of doing anything like this. With the, no one would think of going on a trip, whether it be ministry or pleasure or business trip, and not take money with them or extra clothing or any important supplies. But that is precisely what Jesus told the apostles to do. And at first, this command may strike us as odd and, and even unreasonable, but understand this, when you, when you read the Word of God, and especially the commands of Christ, you know that Jesus is absolutely perfect and brilliant. There is nothing He says that is odd or unreasonable. There is always a good reason behind it, and there is a brilliant reason behind this command. You see, the purpose behind these restrictions involving money and physical supplies is that Jesus wanted his men to learn to rely upon God to meet their needs and not anybody else. If they're going to serve the Lord by being in full-time vocational ministry, then they are in the school of discipleship. And in the school of discipleship, they need to learn to have confidence in the Lord to supply their needs. Remember, these are men who had recently abandoned their careers and professions. Most of them were fishermen. They no longer had that to fall back on. They never were in this situation before. If they needed uh, more things, they just went and fished more. If they were craftsmen, they just went and built some things. But that's not going to be the case anymore. They didn't have their careers to fall back on. They needed to learn to look to the Lord to supply their needs, and they needed to learn to trust Him that He could do it. They no longer had the security of their jobs. Now, at this point, though, the question that we all need to ask is, how far do we take this command? I mean, we're, we're living in a different world here. How far? And, and applying this command to our lives, are we required to refrain from taking any money or supplies on a short-term missions trip or, or any ministry endeavor, or for that matter, any trip. Does this mean that when I go to Sicily to teach in the Italian Theological Academy that I should leave my wallet at home? I might do that, but I shouldn't. The question is, should I do that on purpose? That's the issue. Does this mean that when we send a team out on a short-term missions trip that we tell them to take nothing with them but just the clothes on their backs? 
and an ID. You can't get past security. You have to have an ID. Is that what we tell them? Well, the answer to any questions like this is no. That's not what we tell them at all because this command to the apostles was unique. It was unique and limited to the apostles for that particular ministry trip. Now, how do we know that? How do we know that this isn't something that we're to do? Just take nothing with you and and let the Lord supply everything. Well, I'll tell you how we know that because Jesus himself addressed this. Luke chapter 22. This is why it's so important to compare scripture with scripture and never to isolate a text of scripture. (laughs) Luke chapter 22. Now, the setting is just before the crucifixion, just before the arrest, Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 22, verse 35, he said to them, when I sent you out without money belt and bag and sandals, he means extra sandals now, you did not lack anything, did you? And they said, no, nothing. Now, the Lord is telling them to think back to this command found in Matthew 10. That's precisely what he's talking about. And he said, now, think back at the beginning of the ministry when you first entered missionary service with me. Remember when I told you, when I sent you out, don't take any money, don't take any extra supplies? Yeah, we remember that. And remember how you lacked nothing that God provided for you? That's right, he did. That's just what this is saying. Verse 36 says, and he said to them, but now whoever has a money belt is to take it along. Likewise, also a bag. And whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. The sword was to protect themselves, not to go after uh, the ears of anybody like Peter did, not to be aggressive. What Jesus is saying is, you know what? Times are going to turn rough. You're going to be scattered soon. And you're going to need some money. And you're going to need some supplies. And now I'm changing the command. I'm giving you a whole new set of instructions. Take something with you. You're even going to need a a sword if they come after you to defend yourself. Now, what the Lord is doing here is changing everything. Making it clear to us that a different set of circumstances means a different command. So Jesus was not issuing a universal command that he intended all believers to obey every time they went out on a missionary trip. But what's the timeless principle for us? What what is he saying here as he was conveying this command to his disciples? What is it that cuts through time and reveals itself as a principle for us? Well, the timeless principle at the core of this command is that all believers, but especially those in full-time service who don't have secular jobs to fall back on financially, need to learn that God will supply your needs. That's the main truth. The Lord wants all those in vocational Christian service to know that if they give themselves to the Lord's work rather than a secular job, And of course, this is always determined by God's will for your life. You don't just do this on your own. There is a calling there. But they can trust him to take care of their needs. This is essentially the same truth that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6.33 when he said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the things that you need will be given to you. That's what he's telling these men. You just follow me, obey what I say, and watch God supply your needs as you trust him. Question is, how does the Lord supply our needs? What, what, is, what does he do to meet the needs of those in full-time service? If it's not through their secular employment anymore, then, then how does God provide for the needs of his workers and 
pastors and ministers and missionaries. Well, that's what Jesus goes on to spell out. In the last phrase of verse 10, you might have wondered, where does this come in? This is where it comes in. For the worker is worthy of his support. Now, what does he mean by that? What is this doing there? What he's saying is this, as the apostles labored as workers for the Lord, they are the workers, they could trust God to supply their needs, watch this, through the generosity of his people. The worker is worthy of his support, meaning that those he ministers to, who he doesn't charge anything for his services, they in turn are to support him financially. In other words, the principle being taught here is that those who minister full-time for Christ are to be financially supported by the thoughtful and sacrificial giving of those they minister to. That's how God supplies their needs. That's his plan. His plan is to meet the needs of his workers through the giving of his people. Now, I want you to know this is not an isolated text of Scripture. This is not an isolated principle of the Bible, but a truth that is consistently taught throughout God's word. Beginning, it may surprise you, and you don't need to turn there. I would just write this down in your notes. Deuteronomy 25, verse 4, which says this, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. Now, you might think, what what does that have to do with anything? Well, that's to say that the Jewish people were not to cover the mouth of an ox while he was working the field because that would prevent him from eating and living off of the fruit of his labors. However, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uses that statement found in the law, just a a statement like that found in Deuteronomy 25, and Paul uses that statement to speak about supporting full-time workers for Christ. And I want to show you this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is an important point that Paul has to make, and uh, it's important for us to understand this. He's talking in 1 Corinthians 9 about ministers being paid for their labors. Now, I would encourage you to listen very carefully. Rarely do I ever speak about this, but I'm going to speak about it this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 through 11. Paul says in verse 7, Who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense? And it's a rhetorical question. Of course, the answer is no soldier. No soldier has to pay his own way. Who plants a vineyard and does not eat the fruit of of it? No, No one. Or who tends a flock and does not use the milk of the flock? No one. Paul says, I am not speaking these things according to human judgment, am I? Or does not the law also say these things? Paul said, "When when I'm talking about paying someone for services in the sense of taking care of them, uh, Paul said, "I'm, I'm not coming up with that on my own. The law even addresses that. Well, where does the law address this? Once again, Paul mentions, he goes back to the law, verse 9. He says, for it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. Paul pulls out Deuteronomy 25, 4. And then he asks this question, God's not concerned about oxen, is he? His point is, was the point of that really to tell you about an ox? I think God is somewhat concerned about how we treat animals, but that's not the major point of Deuteronomy 24 or 25, 4. He says in verse 10, or is he speaking altogether for our sake? Yes, for our sake it was written because the plowman ought to plow in hope and the thresher to thresh in hope of sharing the crops. If we sowed spiritual things in you, 
Is it too much if we reap material things from you? Paul is saying the point of Deuteronomy 25.4 is not to, to help oxen only. It's to, to help people. It's about people. In other words, when God gave this command, he wasn't just referring to animals in the field. He was also and primarily referring to ministers who labor for him. And that's what verse 11 is talking about. Those who, who have um, ministered spiritually to a church should be taken care of physically by that church. That's precisely what Paul is saying. If we fed you spiritual food, then you're to take care of us with physical food and physical supplies. Now, the Apostle Paul taught the same thing, only he got even more explicit in 1 Timothy chapter 5. And it's important that you look at that. 1 Timothy chapter 5. And the reason it's very important is I I am amazed that most Christians don't even know that these verses exist because they don't think it pertains to them. Let me tell you, pastors know exactly where these verses are found, but not God's people. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Notice what Paul said. Now he's writing to Timothy who um, has, has a charge to make sure that the church he's ministering at in Ephesus and others know about this. And especially that church there. He says, verse Timothy 5.17, the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And then notice once again, for the scripture says, he goes back to Deuteronomy 25.4, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. And he writes, the laborer is worthy of his wages. Now, this is a very strong statement by Paul instructing Timothy to make sure that churches understand their responsibility in taking care of elders who minister full-time to them, especially those who they feel are doing a good job. question that people often have is, what did Paul mean by double honor? Well, here's how John MacArthur in his MacArthur Study Bible notes explains the meaning of these words about double honor. He writes, elders who serve with greater commitment, excellence, and effort should have greater acknowledgement from their congregations. This expression, double honor, does not mean such men should exactly receive twice as much remuneration as others, but because they have earned such respect, they should be paid more generously. Now, do you see the marvelous balance that Jesus has struck with these commands about money and financial support? It's absolutely brilliant. In telling the apostles to do their ministry without charge, he's addressing the natural tendency that everyone has, all of us have this, to be greedy and to pursue money. If you say, well, that's not true of me, then you're saying I'm not a sinner. And we know that's not true. All of us have that in our nature to to be greedy and to pursue money. And that's why the scriptures command us, be careful about that, check that. Make sure that's, that's not something prevalent in your character. But in telling the apostles to, to do their ministry without charge, he's telling them, don't be distracted by this. Don't put a fee for your, for your ministry. Do it freely without any kind of distraction. Be free in not charging people. Be free and make sure ministry is free. But then in revealing how he'll provide for them, he tells them, that God's people have a responsibility. You don't have a responsibility to charge them a fee, but they do have a responsibility, those who benefit from your ministry that is free, to be generous in supporting you as workers who don't charge them. It's a perfect balance. In other words, from the standpoint of of a full-time worker, 
they're to minister without any charge. But from the standpoint of the congregation who they minister to, they're to make sure the congregation is that their ministers are well taken care of. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. Now, I believe there are several important applications and implications from these statements about money and ministry that we need to think about. First of all, number one, to those of us who are in full-time Christian service, the intent of our Lord's command is to help us to learn to trust Him to meet our needs. That's easier said than done, but that's the command. That's a very significant part of our witness to those who are without Christ. Our, our role is to spread the gospel and to tell lost people that Christ can, can meet their deepest need, and that is to be saved for all of eternity. But what kind of a witness is it when we doubt and question whether he can provide for our physical needs? It's not much of a witness if we claim that Christ can save someone forever, but we don't know if he can meet our financial obligations. What kind of a God is it that promises to save a soul forever but can't feed a hungry stomach? See, so this is very important that we learn to trust him. Part of our witness to a disbelieving world is to show them that God is directly involved in life. And he's directly involved in our life so often by supplying everything that we need. And our trust needs to be in him. And that brings us to a second point of application. Those in full-time ministry need to make sure that their trust is not in their, in their sending organization or the local church that, that is behind them or individuals who send monthly support checks Their trust needs to be in the Lord. It is too easy to become very secure in knowing that you're getting a weekly or a bi-weekly or a monthly check. And sometimes the Lord has to shake us up with that. But there is a danger of becoming very comfortable with promised monetary gifts from God's people. The Lord wants us to look not to people, but to Him to supply our needs. Our trust has to be in Him who moves on the hearts of people to give rather than trusting in the people themselves. I think that's a very important point. And those of you who are in full-time ministry know exactly experientially what I'm talking about. There is a third point and an important point of application that emerges from the statement, the worker is worthy of his support. And it's this, those who are ministered to free of charge need to be thoughtful and sensitive to give generously to their ministers. And sadly, there are many churches that are not generous with their ministers. Now, that is not the case at Lakeside, and I'm not saying anything to benefit from this message, but there are many, many churches made up of elder and deacon boards who take advantage of their dedicated ministers by being incredibly frugal in the salary they give them. Instead of thinking which is, would be biblical about how generous they should be with their pastor. Their perspective is, and, and believe me, you may not hear from pastors about this, but I know that this is, this is prevalent. Their perspective is, how little can we get by paying him? Listen, I know of a church whose pastor is really struggling financially. He is having a very, very difficult time just paying his bills because he's so poorly paid. Yet this church, note this, is sending several thousand dollars a year to missionaries around the world. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand. I'm all for supporting missionaries around the world and missionaries who minister to other people, but not a church should never do that at the neglect of the man who faithfully ministers to his people every week. They have a pastor who can't even pay his bills, but they're sending thousands to other missionaries who aren't even ministering to them. I think that's a travesty. I think that's that's horrible. 
I have an old friend who has now gone home to the Lord. She used to laughingly say that she considered it to be her responsibility to keep her pastor humble. She was a sweet old saint who loved her pastor and liked to show it by teasing him any chance she got. Sadly, though, too many church governments are serious about keeping their pastors humble, at least financially. Pastor Steve will have more to say about that in our next Verse by Verse. This is Peter Silseth saying thank you for joining us for today's Bible Class of the Air. Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is leading us in a series of studies from Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 15. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside, and his messages are made into radio classes through the work of Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. If you would like to hear today's class again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. We have previous messages on our archives page if you would like to review or catch one that you missed. That's versebyverseradio.org. Today's program was the middle part of a three-part message. You can order a CD or cassette of the entire message if you call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.